Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi, we've got a great guest on today, and he is a wonderful singer, songwriter, and author, and presenter, and just kind of an all-around kind of person who's been through a trauma with a death of a child, and has really had what you and I like to call post-traumatic growth through it. And we want him to talk about his life and how he's done that and help you with your life. So you want to introduce our guest, Heidi? Sure, mom. We'll be talking to our guest today about remembering the love. And we first saw our guest at the Compassionate Friends because he sang and he's got such a unique and amazing voice. So we're excited to have his song on today. And our guest today is Nathan Peterson. And he is a brief parent whose little girl, Olivia, died. He is, as my mom said, a singer, songwriter, and author, and he has written Dance Again, Grief is Healing, and So Am I, Life Living and Letting Go. His newest single release is called Masks, which we will play at the end, and he's got albums Dance Again and So Am I. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. It's good to have you on. How long has it been? She was, um, she lived for 14 months. Yeah. And how long ago was that? She was born in 2000, beginning of 2015. So it was that whole year. And then um, early 2016, uh, she passed away. Uh-huh. You have five kids, right? She's one of them, but sure, you yeah. have four with us right now. Yeah. And uh, how, how have you kept her memory alive? Well, just on a really practical level, uh, we have... Um, a few things that sort of set up around the house that help us to remember her um, just on the daily. Uh, so there's a, at her grave site, there's a stone bench and we have a matching stone bench in our garden. And um, we have some pictures of her around the house uh, right in front of the sink. So every time we wash dishes, we can say hello. <laughs> so a couple of just little things like that. I'm liking the fact that you're smiling. <laughs> you know, you're smiling when you remember her. I, I think that yeah. is, is key of what, you know, what happens. You wash the dishes and look at her, you know, yeah. smile and, and remember. And, and how about the kids? How old are the kids? Um, so they're, our oldest is 15. So we have a 15, a 14, a nine, and then we have a five-year-old. Uh -huh. So he's, he's younger than Olivia. Yeah. So, so you had kids that remember her too. Yes. Yeah. The, the older three definitely do. Um, and it, it's funny, even Ben sort of, he acts like he remembers her because he's, he came so close to when she passed away. So she was, you know, very present in our life still. Um, and so he, he went to her gravesite a lot of times with us and, um, pictures of her and so he talks about her like like he was there when she was there i love that you're so open in your family with talking about her and with having 
memories right there. Even, even though the yeah. your youngest one is little, you know, just making it not a taboo thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You put in your book that grief is healing. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so am I that book. Um, so I wrote a book and an album, both called So Am I. And uh, those were written during the months of her life. Um, so that 14 months of life living and letting go, it was, um, ah. you know, even, even before she was born, we, we, um, we knew that she was terminal uh, from the doctors. And, um, and even in the, we would go to get sonograms and um, we'd find ourselves in these conversations with the doctors about um, how to deal with her death. Mm -hmm. And as soon as, as soon as terminal condition became part of the equation, um, it was like we were put on a different track. And instead of looking forward to her life, we're looking forward to her death. And um, and it really just hit uh, me and it hit my wife, Heather, uh, during the pregnancy, how the contrast between um, these conversations that we're having about her death and then she's kicking at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, and it, just, it just felt like she was just reminding us, like, hey, I'm, I am alive. And uh, it really shifted our, our, our mindset when, when that kind of that light went on for us, that if she's going to die during birth, um, this is the life of our daughter. It's, it's these few months left of pregnancy. This is what we get. And um, not just this is what we get, like this is all we get, but this is the whole entire thing. That's her life. That's her life. And that's one whole life, just the same as a hundred year old life in value. It's just packed into a really short amount of time. Wow. I love what you're saying this, Nathan. It sounds like just leaning into being present during the pregnancy, because this might be all you have. Yes. Yeah. And we were sure it was. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I think before that realization, um, kind of realized I was hesitating even to give her name and um, I had a lot of guilt when I realized that but but it just it really showed me how my system was trying to protect me like it, I knew I knew somewhere in there that as soon as I name her um, oh. it's going to be that much more painful to say goodbye and um, and we really had to just kind of we had to start making this decision on a moment by moment basis, even during the pregnancy, um, to go deep to go in deeper. It's going to hurt that much more on the other side of her death. Yeah. Uh, the more love we put in, and the more we allow ourselves to have to love her. Um, but when we realized when we when we saw it that plainly, we just felt like well we're all in like we, we got to go all in um, and she lived to be 15 months didn't she yeah yeah 14 yeah that must have been pretty unbelievable that you had 14 months with her yeah 
Yeah, it was such a mixture. Um, because on one hand, um, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, that was 14 months of like, this could be the last day type of thing. And especially towards the beginning, I mean, those, those first few days, those first few weeks, it was, this could be the last minute. It was every minute was like, oh, this could be the last one. So we didn't sleep because um, we didn't want to miss her life. And um, <laughs> that is so dear. That yeah. is dear that you didn't even want to sleep because you didn't want to miss a moment. <laughs> yeah, it was. Life. She was also really not good at sleeping. So part of it was the caretaking element of it. How, too. About, she was how about the kids? Yeah, I'm sure it was a lot of caretaking. What do you think it did to your family? Do you think it brought them more together or split them up? Or was it a mixed thing? It did both. It was a mixture. Uh, the same way that probably many traumas in life can be. You can hold both of those together. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, I mean, it was it was high, very traumatic. Uh, just a, it was a hard situation um, because of especially you know no sleeping. Um, we were we're not healthy uh, physically, and then to and then emotionally to handle that weight was uh, just too much. Um, so it was a really 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 hard time, and we did the best we could as parents for our other kids, um, but we. Uh, absolutely fell short uh, in a million ways uh, to be present for them. And uh, so in a lot of ways, they lost their parents uh, during that time. Um, wow, Heidi, does that sound familiar? That's exactly, you have said my words that I've said to Heidi and my other kids before. We really fell short, short as parents. Well, well, like you said, Nathan, with your situation, you felt like you fell short as because you had to take care of her. And then I'm sure after she died and as a sibling, it's definitely to a certain extent, a double loss for us, at least initially, because we do lose some of the emotional availability of our parents. Mm -hmm. However, that being said, we also have seen the pain and agony our parents are in. And we recognize that they're not in a great space and they're doing the best that they can too. Yeah. You know, not like they're, you know, on a yacht, abandoning us, <laughs> you know, sailing away. I mean, they're there trying to struggle to find hope. And like you said, take care of your daughter. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for, I think the family, you know? Yeah. yeah and in, in that light, I think one of the best things that we did for our kids um, was to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The whole process. Yep. I 100% agree with that. In fact, of several weeks after my brother died, my mother went out jogging and she felt extreme guilt because she mm. was worried. I'm going to speak for her for a minute that, that, that the neighbors would be saying, you, she doesn't love her son. She's out yeah. running and jogging. And I was so relieved because I thought, oh my gosh, she's taking care of herself because I've lost my brother and I can't lose my parents. Yeah. You know, I was really concerned that I my, you know, my parents were in bad places. And I thought, I'm so happy to see my mom taking care of herself. So yeah. it is a gift for parents to give kids when they take care of themselves. I agree with you. Let's yeah. fast forward a little bit to COVID because uh, as we go out of the show, we're going to play the um, song, mm -hmm. Rope Mask. And I wanted to ask you, what about COVID and the losses and all that? How has that come in? Do you think it's impacted your family differently because you've had a loss? Absolutely, yeah. We, um, 
there's so many parallels. Um, we had to quarantine with Olivia. Um, we were looking at death every day as like a thing, like a thing in, in our lives now, a possibility. Um, we couldn't, um, yeah, so we couldn't see people the same way we could before. We couldn't go out to eat the way we could before. Uh, we couldn't work. We had to stop working at our jobs. Um, everything halted for uh, us to be able to hold Olivia. And, uh, and not only the halting, but then when it halted, the thing we were left with in the stillness was so much fear. And uh, that was very acute with Olivia. Um, we watched the whole world uh, experience a lot of those same things uh, over the last few years, especially at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so for our family, specifically for us, uh, it, it felt like we'd been trained for a time like that. Uh, it, mm -hmm. it didn't feel, it felt like, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I should, I should say there's, it depended on the day because I, I actually had a lot of, after Olivia died, I had a lot of, um, and I still do I have a lot of fear about germs. Mm -hmm. Um, she just, she couldn't get sick. And then when, when she finally did die, it was just a cold, but she wasn't strong enough. So, so anytime that someone gets sick in a house or I even hear about someone getting sick who lives in another state, I'm like, I get really <laughs> afraid that my, just, it doesn't, it doesn't have to make sense, but my body goes into the feeling that mm. someone in my family is going to die. Mm -hmm. and I feel it. Like I, it doesn't even matter what I say to myself. I feel that. And um, so on that, on that, I guess in that light, COVID was extra challenging for me. Um, but at the same time, um, we knew, we learned from Olivia how to hold a posture of rest in the midst of uncertainty. And, um, and even after her passing, learned that if we can keep holding that posture of rest, that there was actually something really valuable for us, even in her absence. Um, it was obvious what was there for us in her presence. It was her. In her absence, um, this new thing took over. And I guess I'm transitioning to the grief is healing tagline. Mm -hmm. uh, but I realized during that process um, that if I was to allow the grief process to um, do its thing, there was actually deeper healing for me available, uh, eager, almost like it, it was eager to, to heal, um, deeper than just my loss of Olivia, which was deep. Um, but it was almost as if uh, once I was willing to cooperate with the process of grief, uh, didn't recognize the difference between grief of a loss of my daughter and grief over lots of other losses in life. Um, the, so surrendering to the process. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so um, talk about riding masks. I take a walk every day. Um, that uh, happened before Olivia. I had no idea how life-saving it would be for me during Olivia's life and, and during the grief process. And during uh, COVID, I assume. And during COVID, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, today, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I passed someone, I was walking and I passed someone and this person looked at me and I looked at this person and, we, and uh, I didn't have a mask on, um, but this person did. And um, you, know, you, can, you can pass someone and just not connect, but this time we did. And it really struck me, uh, we kept walking and I just felt like, just had a, a really deep connection with this person and they were wearing a mask and it, just this line uh, just hit me. Um, that wasn't a, the type of mask that separates us uh, because I could still see their eyes we connected. And so the line was, a mask is not a mask if we don't cover up our eyes. Uh -huh. When I started writing this, uh, this chorus on the walk, I got home and wrote it down really quickly. And, um, and I was like, oh, I wonder what the verse is gonna be. And I, and I spent some more, I spent the rest of the day writing the song. And at some point while I was writing it, um, I just had this like really vivid um, flash to um, our experience with Olivia the day that she was born. Uh, it was the scariest day because we were getting ready to say goodbye. And just such a scary day. And um, I remembered that there was this one nurse and um, she, she was so present in the, in the operating room. And, and later Heather told me she was extremely present with her um, even before I got in there. And at one point, uh, Heather was telling me that she, uh, this nurse, she put her head against my wife's head and they both just cried. And uh, that was it. She didn't, I don't think she really said anything. And um, I had a really similar experience of this nurse's presence in the operating room. And um, so the chorus of the song, the later chorus of the song is, um, you're not alone, uh, I'm here with you now. Until the morning comes, close your eyes, I'm here with you tonight. And I picture this nurse um, saying this to us. And uh, somewhere while I was like finished writing the song, and it, like I don't know why it didn't occur to me until I finished writing the song, but I realized, oh my gosh, she was wearing a mask. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was pre-mask days, you know, but not in the hospital in the operating room. We were all wearing a mask. She was wearing a mask before this whole mask thing. And we connected on such a deep level and she was such a support to us um, without being able to use words or her mouth. Um, it all happened through, through her eyes. How lovely and energetic. Tell people where they can get in touch with you and we're going to play Mask on the way out of the show today. The easiest way is just my website, uh, NathanPeterson.net. And it's a beautiful website and lots of good music and ways to connect with 
Nathan. And Nathan is so great. If anybody has any workshops or anything they want going on, he is a wonderful presenter. And uh, what did he say? Just a man and his guitar. <laughs> but you are powerful. <laughs> and love to you and your family. And, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Nathan. Please go to Nathan's website. I love his music. He knows this because I've emailed him and told him before. Seriously, you are really talented. And, you know, you really touch to the core of our hearts. So please go listen to his music. And thank you so much. And I know Olivia is there with you in spirit when you're writing and telling your story. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. Now
Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.